No, but seriously. It's good to be home. I have um, been in California for the last week, and the week before that I was speaking at the church that we're in the process of merging, or very friendly taking over. Um, And so it's been a couple weeks that I've been gone, and I have to tell you that um, much like my own family when I'm away, uh, I do miss you dearly, and it's good to be home. You know, it's good to be home. But part of that is I wanted to share with you a little bit of of my trip, Uh, because, you know, whenever a family member goes away, and I hope that I am now to you, a, a, a family member goes away, that when that family member comes home, you want, you want to share a little bit about their trip. And the truth is, while I was gone, I was thinking of all of you. And so I made sure that I captured some of the um, really exciting moments of my trip. Like, just for instance, um, I went to the Hollywood sign. And <clears throat> while I was there, I thought, you should get a picture of yourself so that everyone can feel like they were there. So this, this is me there at the Hollywood sign. The next thing that was really cool is there's really two people that I wanted to make sure that I got to see, right? I, 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 the first is, I don't know about you, I'm an action, like a uh, movie freak, and the king of all action movies is, uh, so, what? No. Sylvester Stallone, right? So I got a chance to meet Sylvester Stallone. And uh, I'm not sure, it was, a very, it was a very foggy green, what do they call that in L.A.? It was the smog, that's what's happening. But also, we, my wife and I went on this um, Hollywood tour. Have, has anyone here ever taken a Hollywood tour you know, you get on the bus that doesn't have any sides to it, and it, it, it's really kind of creepy because, you know, like, they take you to restaurants, and they're like, look in there. Does anyone see a star? And so there's like this bus of 40 people staring into a restaurant, you know, hoping all these people are like, oh, I'm just trying to eat my broccoli here. So it's kind of creepy. I mean, some people really get into that, but I'm not one of those people. But the cool part is, and this is, this is the truth. We're heading down the street, and this white SUV almost runs us off the road, right? And so our bus driver says, oh my gosh, everybody, hang on. That's Al Pacino. That's Al Pacino that just about killed us. So I got my picture uh, with Al Pacino. (laughs) This was his way of apologizing. And the truth is, not everything in Hollywood is, is good, right? Not everything in Hollywood is good. I also ran into one person who just, just truthfully, as soon as we started talking, there's just this fear came into me, and, and I began to cry. I don't know if, do you know? I don't know. I'm not sure. She kept twerking, and I don't, I'm not sure. Just, I don't even know what that is. just made me cry. I thought I would share that with you. But the best part of the trip is one of my good friends I ran into there, one of my good friends saw me crying um, at this moment, and so he gave me my own personal concert, which was really cool. That's my good friend Justin Timberlake. I don't know (laughs) if you're... 
I don't know if you know Justin like I do, but you know what's odd is a lot of people, go back to that picture real quick. A lot of people say we look alike. I don't know. I don't know if you see it. I actually have two chins that look like his one. Today I want to talk to you about healing heartache, and here's the truth. A lot of us try to push this fake facade of what our life is really like on other people, right? We live most of our lives in that way. And we keep butting our heads against a very disturbing fact, and that is this. That for most of us, we carry with us from the past, some of us recent past, some of us further past, but we carry with us heartache, right? And you can disguise that, and you can make it look like anything you want to, and and the truth of the matter is, most of us walk through life every single day disguised, looking like whatever it is that we feel everyone else needs to see in us, because that mask will for some way make us feel at peace, right? But, But the truth is, It doesn't. The truth is your performance will catch up to you, right? The truth is the realness and who you are will push through the fake facade that you put up. And eventually someone is going to get the butt of that realness, right? Eventually someone is going to be standing in front and is going to get the symptoms of everything that you suppress in yourself. And you're going to say little statements like this internally. See if any of these sound familiar to you. Here's the first one. I can't believe I just said that. How many of you have said, I can't believe I just said that? Right? Here's another one. I I don't know where that came from. I I don't know where that came from. Or, I can't believe I just did that. Right? I, I cannot believe I just did that. And here's my favorite. Well, that's not like me. You did it, but that, that's not like me. Do you know how I was able to come up with these four statements? Because I'm guilty of all four of them. Do you know how many times I've gone, oh. Or I've been in a conversation with someone, right, gossiping about somebody else, and I go, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Right? Act like you didn't hear that. Act like you didn't hear that. Right? You've been in those moments too. We're in church. Don't lie to me today. Right? You've been in those moments too. At some point in your life, one of these four statements typically begins to creep up, if not externally, definitely internally. And, and here's the biggest lie of them all. The biggest lying moment of them all is typically when all of us come here. Right? It's usually the biggest lying of all. Usually the fakest we get is on a Sunday morning in our church. Because what we try to do is represent everything that everyone around us thinks that we should be. You with me? So so to be the the greatest Christian in the room, I got to have the family that's been all smiles all week long. What you don't know is they have bruises all over their thighs because I've been beating them the whole way here. Right? Don't you say something stupid. Don't you. 
do something, mess up my name. You with me? Just as a heart attack has the potential to destroy your body, so does heartache have the potential to destroy your spiritual body. Just as a heart attack has the potential, and those of you know this, most of us know someone in our lives who've had a heart attack, right? Our technology and the things that we go through right now, they, they've enabled us to have these major heart surgeries and almost it's an afterthought, right? You almost think, but here's the truth. Every heart surgery is a serious one, right? Every heart surgery, something very minute could happen that makes everything go bad. The truth is, when you are beginning to repair the heartache that is in your life, when you start repairing that, here's what you're going to find out. It's a very serious procedure. It's a very serious procedure. And it's going to take hard heart work by you. Now, I want to encourage you a little bit before we get into the meat of this. I want to encourage you a little bit by reading to you some scripture that God gave the Israelites. Now, you have to remember this. We've talk, we talk about it a lot. The Israelites were just like we are. Imagine that, right? Our forefathers and our faith created beings just like us, right? We passed down from generation to generation stupidness, right? It's in the Bible. As stupid as you are in your family, guess what your grandkids are going to be? Just as stupid as you. You pass it down through generations. What we hope is one day some of our grandkids are going to go, well, this is stupid, <laughs> and change the path. But the truth is, for most of us, we carry on the stupidness for generations. So the stupid Israelites were just like the stupid Brads and the stupid Yous. And they were going through all this heartache, because let me show you what happened. If you remember the story of the Israelites, there were moments where they felt like God had turned his back on them, right? There were moments where they were slaves, and then there were moments where they were kings. There were moments where they were rich, and then there were moments where they didn't have anything. And so all of this that's been happening to them for generations has caused heartache in the people and has disturbed their relationships, so much so where we're at right now in Ezekiel, God has taken the Israelites and said, listen, I am done with y'all for a while. And he's cast them into different countries, right? So they're scattered throughout different nations. And here's what he says, Ezekiel chapter 36. We're going to be in verses 24 through 28. Here's what he says, and I love it. Now listen, remember this. We talk about this too. God is the same today that he was thousands of years ago and that he will be in a thousand years. You follow me? So the very promises that God gave to the Israelites, we don't look at those promises and say, well, that was for them. Because the truth is the same promise carries on even to us today. Here it is. Ready for it? For here is what I'm going to do. I call this a seatbelt moment, right? How many of you... Have ever felt like God was calling you to do something? All right? Well, let me tell you what happens when you feel that way. Here's what happens. You begin this internal battle, right? It may be as simple as God telling you, hey, listen, I want you to give a dollar bill to that guy over there holding that sign. Here's what happens, right? Internally, you start battling. 
Well, that's a stupid sign. You know? I mean, the truth is, do I really believe that that guy is a Vietnam veteran? Right? He looks like he's 16 years old. I don't know about his calendar, but mine says he can't possibly be a Vietnam vet. So I'm going to hold on to my dollar. Or, I just saw the car in front of me give that dude a dollar. Or, that guy may pull out a gun and shoot me in my face. Let's be honest. These are the things. And hey, if you ever feel like God's telling you that guy's going to shoot you in the face, don't give him a dollar. (laughs) Move on. Not everyone deserves a dollar. Okay? Just, if you're taking notes today, write that down. If I feel like he's going to shoot me in the face, do not, all caps, hashtag, give him a dollar. You follow me? Kenny, can we get that in a poem? Do not. Here's what I'm going to do. Seatbelt moment. Here's why. God comes to you and he says, listen, I need you to do something. The very first thing that I know in my mind, because I've followed God in a lot of these journeys, right? The very first thing I know in my mind, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a bumpy road. So when I hear God telling me, here's what I'm going to do, I go, click, right? And a lot of times I do that with people and they don't even realize it. Sometimes people will come up to me and they'll say, oh, Pastor Brad, I really need to talk to you. And I go, click. Right? Or, hey, Pastor Brad, can you meet me for lunch? And I'll go, sure, what do you want to talk about? Well, we'll talk about it when we get to lunch. <laughs> Click. <laughs> right? Or, or maybe it's as simple as God leaning on me and saying, here, uh, Pastor Brad, here, Brad, here's what I want you to talk about. And I go, oh, crap. <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over, and bring you back to your own land. Let me change that meaning for you this morning. I'm going to take you and gather you from your heartbreak. See, a lot of you are living in different countries this morning. Some of your heartbreak comes from past relationships that you've had. Some of your heartbreak comes from the relationship of your parents in your past. A lot of us carry heartbreak because our dads weren't there. Some of us carry heartbreak because in some way we've interpreted something bad that happened to us is because God did something to us, right? Or some of us interpret a lot of what good happens in someone else's life is that God doesn't love me as much as he loves them, right? And we begin to interpret all these things and they create different countries that are spiritual self goes to and isolates itself and you can never become who God's called you to be because you refuse to break free from the walls in the country that you've placed yourself in and so God says this I will gather you from your countries I will gather you from your hurt I will gather you from your heartache and I will bring you to where I've created you to be Listen, my brothers and sisters, hold that promise. It gets better. Then he says this. I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. And I will give you a new, what? 
and put a new spirit in you. Have you ever seen the images of the ducks and stuff that get stuck in the oil spills? Right? Have you seen the Dawn commercials where they're pouring Dawn over them and then all of a sudden there's a brand new white duck? Right? Well, I like the part of the commercial where the duck's face is held underwater and they have this big scrub brush and they're just working that thing. Right? Let me show you what scripture does not say here. God does not say, I will pour pure water over you. And in the next frame, you will magically appear new. What God says is, I will scrub you clean. Scrubbing takes elbow grease. Ready for this? I I can just imagine, because I know how dirty I am, I can imagine God having my head under this faucet and scrubbing me clean and going, Brad, stay out of the oil. The oil is bad for you. That oil was not created for you to bathe in. That oil is supposed to go in dirty engines, right? And so it's scrubbing me clean. It's not an easy act. It's a hard act. And then he says this, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit into you. Here's the next verse. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. And I will put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I gave to your ancestors and you will be my people and I will be your God. You will be my people and I will be your God. I want you to see something here. God does not say, you are my people and I am your God. What does he say? You will be my people, and I will be your God. If you carry on in this scripture, it goes on and on and on, and this is what God says. He says this. This is not for your glory. This is for my glory. This is not so people look at you and they go, oh, you must be God's people. This is so that people look at you and they can say, look what God can do. You follow me? We often suggest God's promises, but we sometimes fail to claim them. And there's a difference between suggesting and claiming. Here's what it is. Claiming means this. To demand, ask for, or take as one's own or one's due. We often say that Jesus has moved into our hearts, but we don't give him full access. You follow me? We often say that we're happy, but we get mad when other people are successful. We often say that we want to help, but then we begin to define what you have to do in order for me to help you. And finally, we often say we love, but we have no idea how to be loved. A lot of us fall in some of those different categories. What it basically means is you've got a lot of hard work that needs to be done. Here's how heartbreak manifests itself in our lives. See if you fit in one of these areas. The first one is guilt. Guilt means I owe you. A lot of us, the heartbreak that we carry with us is because we think that in some point we should have done better or that we should be a better person or that we've hurt people in a certain way or we weren't there when we should have been there or all these things happen. So you carry guilt with you. And guilt simply means I owe you. 
The second thing is anger. Do you know what anger means? Anger means you owe me. Right? You owe me. You should have been there for me. You should have listened to me. You should have paid for me. You should have whatever it may be for me. That's what anger is. Some of us carry anger in our hearts for years and years and years. And here's the difference. You don't try to get rid of that. You think that God just made you that way. And other people looking at you are like, that's just an angry individual. Here's the third one, greed. Do you know what greed means? I owe me. I owe me. So I'm going to take, and I don't care if it hurts you, or I don't care if you deserve it more than I do. I will do whatever it takes to feed that beast that is inside of me that God calls greed. That's I owe me. And here's the final one, jealousy. Do you know what jealousy means? God owes me. God owes me. Because, see, you may have gotten the job that I wanted, and so now God owes me that job. Or you may have gotten the car that I wanted, and so now God owes me that car. Do you know what one of the, I'm not even kidding you here, one of the number one comments that I get all the time, (laughs) we pay you too much. What does that even mean? For one, most of the people who tell you that don't even tithe. You don't pay me anything. I know, I see don't lie to me. We're talking about we pay. You don't pay anything. But the second part of that is the truth. The truth is it doesn't have anything to do with me. That's got everything to do with you. You know, anytime someone comes up to me angry about something I said, you know what the truth is? It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's got everything to do with you. Heartache surrounds us in very painful ways. Listen, as a church planner, I'm going to tell you where it hits me. When other churches are successful... And we're going through hard times. You know what I say? Oh, God, what about me? What what about my church? What about my tithe? What about my people? I, I don't understand what we're going through. And you know what God always tells me? That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's got everything to do with you. The truth is I carry heartache. I carry jealousy or I carry greed. Or I carry envy. Or I carry angry. And, and all those things will corrupt, and they're not the very thing that God is made of. How do we fix it? Well, here's the truth. You didn't get heartache overnight, and you're not going to fix heartache overnight. One of the greatest lies that we believe as Christians is that when we pray the prayer of salvation, everything's better in the morning. Right? Because here's the truth of the matter. God says, I'm going to scrub you clean. It's a process. We call it sanctification in the church as a church term, sanctification. The truth is it's a process, right? It's a journey that I'm on. And it's not good enough for me just to accept, but it's a journey. It's an intimacy that I'm building with God. That's what this is all about. This, you were created not to be in the country that you're in, but to be in the country I've created for you is what God is saying to the Israelites, and it's what God is saying to you. Listen, if you're in the midst of heartache full of doubt and despair and anger and corruption and whatever may be going on in your life, don't live in that country. Get ready for the country I've created for you. I want to pull you out of that and put you where I've created for you to be. Here's what he said. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. 
and I will remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. And I will put my spirit in you, and I will make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commands. And you'll once again live in the land that I've given to your ancestors. You will once again live in the land that I've created for you to live in. And when you get there, you will be my people, and I will be your God. Will you stand with me? God has amazing things in store for you and for us as a church. And we talk about that circle of discipleship all the time and the fact that it's not my job, right? It's not my job to fill this place. That's your job. It's not my job to be in the, na- or in the neighborhoods and the living rooms of all your friends trying to convince them that this is the way to live. That's not my job. But, but, but let me tell you why it's so difficult for us to spread the love of Jesus Christ. It's because you don't know how to be loved by Jesus Christ. And, and, and we think it's a magic thing, or we think that it's just this simple step that we take in this prayer. But the truth is, to build intimacy, you've got to go to very difficult parts of your being. That's in any relationship. When my wife and I first got married, do you know what a true statement would be? It would be this. I had no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) No idea. But here's what I found out. It was not going to be easy. And I was going to do a lot of changing. And if you could have met the Brad Lewis from 15 years ago, and the Brad Lewis that God has begun to work on in me, then you would have seen a journey in there that I'm just being honest with you, had a lot of pain and a lot of corruption and a lot of anger and a lot of guilt, and you'd see a Brad Lewis that stumbled and fell and bruised his knee and bruised his head, but spent a lot of time on his knees in prayer. Spent a lot of time on his knees in prayer, because here's the truth. Intimacy takes communication, and it takes recognizing. Here's your challenge point for the week. Recognize those moments in your life. Recognize those things in your heart that hurt. You're not always going to be able to chase them back to where they came from, but you can recognize where they are and begin to confess those things. Listen, maybe your heartache is pornography. It makes us giggle, but it's not funny. It wrecks and ruins marriages and relationships, and that carries on for generations. Here's the truth. If that's it, confess it. Call it by name. Call it by name. Maybe yours is jealousy. Or maybe it's greed. Or maybe it's anger. Or maybe it's some relationship. I don't know what it is, but here's the truth. You've let it hold on to you and move you into a country that God never intended for you. Call it by name and confess it. God, this is my moment. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to put this out here. There was a moment that happened to me as a child that changed me for the rest of my life. And I couldn't move forward from that until I told God what it was by name. Until I claimed it by name. 
And I said, God, this is my moment. I can't move past it. And you know what God teaches you? What he meant by I'll give you a new heart is I will give you the tools. When I pour my spirit into you, know this, that there's nothing that can hold you down or stop you from moving forward or cease your relationships or harden you too much. When God says I will remove from you that stone, that hard thing that you call a heart, I will remove that from you and show you love. But you got to move. So here's my challenge. See the things. See the moments. See the heartache and claim it. Then in your prayers, confess. And finally, claim that very thing that God said he would do. Say, God, I need my new heart. I need you to take this hardness from me and give me that fresh spirit. Pour that pure water on me. So I can stand firm underneath your grace and you can call me your people and you will be my God will you pray with me Father I know any time God that we begin to work in this way that Father we begin to march forward into your blessing and into your calling Father any time that we begin to really diagnose God those things in our lives that hold us back from giving you full access in our lives Father those walls that we've built Father, those countries that we've gone to, God, any time we begin to chip away at that, Father, it's, it's tough. And so, God, I pray for that pure water to flow into our lives, Father, for your fresh spirit to fall into our lives and to begin to diagnose the very things inside of us that, God, we've got to change so that we can embrace the freedom that you've created for us. Father, we can embrace your grace and your mercy.